Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Superman podcast with your hosts, Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 76, Apocalypse Now, with J.R. Shear. Hi, pals. We're, wow, well, we're at the end of season three. We're at the uh, two-part finale here. Yeah, somehow. And I gotta say, it's been... Uh, it's been a run. Has it? It's been something. I, I'm, it's... I've been a little, I've been a little disappointed in this last, uh, last handful of episodes. I'm not gonna lie, but... It's uh, been mostly good. We've, it's we've, still the best Superman you can get. That is absolutely true, but that is also a pretty low bar. Mm. I don't know. We were talking about the Fleischer cartoons before the before we started. Yeah, that's a that's a fair point. But apart from that, like, what what is there? The the Ruby Spears one from the eighties mm-hmm. and um, uh, Super Friends, Smallville, Super Friends. No, we can go back and watch Dark Side from Super Friends. Oh boy. Voiced uh, by Frank Welker. For. Well, I mean, every third character was voiced by Frank Welker. So. Yeah. yeah, but he used his Dr. Claw voice for it. it was awesome. Well, that's okay, a, that's that's pretty good. That's not a bad choice. But uh, we are at the big finale for this season, which mm-hmm. where, in which all of this uh, apocalypse, new gods stuff is is starting to. Well, I would I would expect by this point for it to for you know come to a head to uh, to 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 reach some kind of a climax, but. Uh, I don't feel that that necessarily happened, but but Jr. That's why we've invited you because you are the biggest Jack Kirby enthusiast that I know, apart from maybe my co-host. <laughs> well, I'm glad to be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been listening to the show and it's fun, oh, uh, even though you. you don't understand Jack Kirby and what makes him cool. Mm, sure. What, what are you gonna do? <laughs> You are a guest here, and I'm not going to insult you. That's what. <laughs> I would never. No, the thing is, it's it's never like his writing has never been entirely my jam, and I really want the listeners to have the benefit of someone who who really loves this stuff. And and uh, Jack wa- was an idea man. Mm-hmm. That that was where he excelled. Uh, a dialogue really? man, he was not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, where... sometimes he needed someone to say no to his ideas. Yes. Uh, I would agree like, with that. like Canto uh, dressing like he's going to Renaissance fair. That's a bad idea. <laughs> so the other costumes for the people from Apocalypse and New Genesis, those are, those are okay. Canto's the only one. Um, uh, Vermin Vunderbar. He mm-hmm. does not dress well. Was he in this? Uh, I don't think he ever shows I up. I didn't in the see cartoon. him in this one. Okay, there were a bunch of quick cameos at the end, and I'm not—I I wasn't sure. Who yeah, all was, was there a there, guy so. with a monocle? Mm, I, don't I don't know. It was a pretty wide shot. That—that'd that'd be a... definitely get uh, Granny Goodness at one point. Yes. Oh, he does show up in uh, in Justice League after they think that uh, Darkseid is dead. Mm. And oh, uh, that's right. I remember that. And now. the two factions are are fighting each other. It's Vermin yeah. Thunderbar versus uh, Granny Goodness. Yeah. yeah. Well, we got that to look forward to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he likes to dress like a combination of uh, Hitler and and Napoleon. Well, and and it's not a good. Figure out why he didn't show up. Dress for the job you want, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. 
But I like ah. I like the the crazy outfits. The, the the outfits that will also have like the weird Kirby design mm-hmm. overlaying it. Yeah. You, like Calabac wears it. Year, years uh, and Granny years ago. Does. Years and years ago we met on a comic book message board and one of the things I specifically remember getting, you know, we we never fought, but definitely getting <laughs> into heated debates with over you is is Kirby's love of short pants, which I've never understood, <laughs> but you you absolutely love. Well, you know, you are watching a show where Superman puts his underwear on the outside, right? Mm-hmm. Well, so yes. what's the difference? It's a good uh, Superman look. I don't. He doesn't look. He doesn't look like the uh, a schoolboy and or the lead singer of ACDC. <laughs> I don't know. It just, eh. it's a, but, it's but a, he has in the past. That's true. Been, not just Kirby, but he has been drawn with trunks that look like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just that. It's just the same strong man outfit I think that I think has if you carried don't, over through the decades. I think if you don't cover your thighs in that look, it just doesn't work for me. I kinda want to see Superman not covering now his thighs like with that. Now it's like biker shorts. Mm. Yeah. And that you know sounds... if you're on Apocalypse, that place is hot. I can There's understand why Calabac pits everywhere. Yeah. I mean Calabac's a hairy guy too. Mm-hmm. He he's uh he's dressing for the weather. All right, that's fair. Uh, whereas Bruno Mannheim, I don't even think, took off his sport coat. I think he was in his full suit the whole time he stayed there. <laughs> that's because Bruno Mannheim comes right out of uh, the 30s, 40s, mm-hmm. and 50s, mm-hmm. where you don't take off your suit no matter what. See, I got the impression that like the, the gangsters in Batman were the classy 30s guys. And Mannheim's more of those, like, the guys you got on The Sopranos, the guys who came late, who were oh, yeah. not as classy and good as the other ones. He's got a bad haircut. He doesn't look as cool. He's just, he's kind of shitty, kind of a shitty gangster. Well, then he'd be that, wearing, like, a jogging suit or something. You yeah, know? that's I, a good point. I feel like that suit came directly out of a trash can. Mm. <laughs> it's it's definitely off the rack. It's not uh-huh. tailored. Mm. Yeah. It fell uh, off a truck, and then he just put Mannheim it on. Mannheim wants to be uh the bad guys from from batman yeah. oh absolutely yeah he wants to be like uh, rupert thorne or somebody and he just absolutely not but even he doesn't close. he doesn't have the class right exactly he's got like the gotham gangsters calendar in his bedroom <laughs> he, he probably does i love that i love that <laughs> you think everyone looks up to the super villains but really it's just the the pinstripe guys with the tommy guns yep. rupert thorne man of the year i love him Mm-hmm. Well, because they have employees, and you imagine at some uh, some way down the the line, they're treating their employees well in order to keep them around. Sure. Mm-hmm. Whereas, if the the named supervillain types like the Joker and mm-hmm. and what have you, the Penguin, they have henchmen, and henchmen are very disposable. Oh yeah. Apart from Harley, I don't think you see the same. Well, wait, didn't I think he kept those three Stooges guys? But that's about yeah, it. Yeah, he kept those for uh, at least a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Or or he replaced them with other uh, lunky mm-hmm. goons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess it's not hard to get a mo wig. Yeah. That's Here, fair. put this on. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. You want to shave right. your head for a job? Mm, I don't know what kind of a job. Not a good one. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> I let's... like the idea that the Joker's totally honest in his hiring uh-huh. process. Oh yeah, I'll probably murder <laughs> You're probably you. Probably gonna die. Yep. How do you feel about getting punched in the face by Batman? Mm, uh... yeah. How married are you to all of your teeth? <laughs> also, gotta be honest. There's only about a fifty percent chance all the punching is gonna come from Batman. The other fifty, probably from me. 
Do you have a dental plan? I have a plan for your dental work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lisa needs braces. (laughs) Overrated. All right. right, Arkham has the best pudding. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. Well, we should probably get down to summarizing the television show that we are watching and discussing here. Uh, Uh, Yes, the Jack Kirby show. Let's go. Starting with this wonderful title, Apocalypse Now, in this economy? It's Apocalypse Now. Yes. (laughs) Take it away. Uh, So the SCU is attempting to lock up a bunch of recently laundered money from Intergang when a giant Jack Kirby-ass flying tank shows up to shoot lasers and Dr. Octopus arms at everything. Turpin and Sawyer attempt to stop it, but uh, they mostly get their asses kicked and a bunch of debris falls on Maggie. You dicks! She only had two days until she was awarded her cop pants. <laughs> Superman arrives and the tank royally fucks his shit up using a sonic weapon to destroy all the windows in the area, make Superman bleed from the ears, and annoy the hell out of my wife. This is a bad sound, you guys. Flying Tank at- escapes with the money and we return to Bruno Mannheim's Mannheimschen, where I guess he's just been hanging out since he was enslaved by Darkseid? It's nice to know that Darkseid will just forgive you for pissing him off. That seems in character. Speaking of Darkseid, that dude arrives in hologram form to speak dramatically and then set Mattenheim's money on fire. Hey, boss, uh, when do we get our cut of that $20 million heist? A soon-to-be-extremely-disappointed henchman says. Meanwhile, a dude riding in what I can only describe as a jetpack designed by two blind guys attempting to describe an elephant (laughs) arrives with a bunch of New God comics for Superman to read so that he can get up to speed on what the whole Darkseid thing is. We also get some animated fourth world stuff, and I am once again watching this cartoon and thinking about 1981 cult animated film Heavy Metal. Jetpack guy introduces himself as Orion, and then he and Superman go out to wail on the flying tank some more. Meanwhile, Mannheim and some parademons, they're like regular demons but with parachutes, arrive at Metropolis's island power plant and start a meltdown. Mannheim is shocked. Shocked, I tell you, when Darkseid betrays him and then leaves him to die. I thought you were cool, Mannheim yells as he tries to make a speedboat work. Back at the tank, Superman and Orion have managed to defeat said tank, and Orion flies away somehow, telling Superman he'll return if needed. And then the nuclear plant explodes, which honestly surprised me. Like some screw-up in Sector 7G. (laughs) All right, JR, take it away with part two. (laughs) Well, after uh, Superman and Inspector Dan Turpin spend some quality time together watching the uh, nuclear explosion... They uh, head over to Star Labs, where Superman's real pal, Professor Emil Hamilton, explains to them both using the green-gridded Star Wars arcade game to show how Bruno Mannheim was blowing up that nuclear plant in order to create a giant fire pit and start terraforming the Earth into some sort of hellish, uh, I don't know, apocalyptic sort of place, I guess. (laughs) Really, Emil? Hamilton has no idea why Mannheim might do this, despite Orion's mother box showing him the planet Apocalypse, complete with its glorious continent-sized fire pits, uh, Superman calls him out on it, which really just makes you think that Hamilton set him up so that Superman could sound smart, kind of out of pity. Uh, the mere mention of Apocalypse now brings us right to uh, right there where we see our sweet, sweet baby Calabac congratulating his dear old dad Darkseid on the success of his plan to take over Earth. But Darkseid's just not having it. Superman's still around to thwart him, after all. And Calabac wants to take on Superman again all by him is lonesome to show uh, his pop what a a good world conqueror he'll turn out to be someday. And Darkseid makes sure to take the time to squash all of Calabac's hopes and dreams before sending Loki and his Chitauri, uh, you know, Steppenwolf and his parademons, (laughs) 
<laughs> to take out Superman instead. Poor Kalibak. Now we cut to uh, Professor Hamilton at Star Labs. He's clacking away at a keyboard furiously. But the screen just shows zeros and ones. How are you using the entire keyboard and all of its keys just to type zeros and ones, Emil? <laughs> but both Turpin and Superman are suitably impressed by Hamilton's feat of prestidigitation. All those ones and zeros, they tell Hamilton that the nuclear explosion from before is going to just keep getting worse until it goes full-blown the apocalyptian fire pit. Turpin recommends that Superman call Orion back, uh, even though Orion left, what, 10 minutes ago? Uh, doesn't matter, since Superman's Orion signal watch has just gone all oopsie-doodle. Uh, no worries, though, because they're in a lab, and Professor Hamilton has all sorts of experience repairing alien technology. Um, <laughs> never mind. Superman just crushed it into powder. This is why we can't have nice things, Superman. Superman flies off into the already reddening skies to stop the nuclear sinkhole fire pit from expanding. It's getting bad, though. Almost gender reveal party bad. <laughs> uh, before Superman can even get out of Metropolis, Steppenwolf and his parademons pop through a, a tesseract portal, the boom tube, to intercept him. The parademons are tough. They're chomping on Superman, and they immobilize him until he burns their face with his heat vision. Dang, Superman. Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen, they show up just in time for a parademon to fall on Lois's car, smashing her windshield. Steppenwolf, he catches Superman in a rocket-propelled energy net that causes him to plummet from the sky into a reflecting pool. Lois tries to help him, but Superman is quickly mobbed by parademons. And they sure do love to bite him, right in that fleshy, exposed skin part, too. <laughs> Inspector Turpin shows up just in time in a police helicopter to help out. And with Turpin keeping the forces of Apocalypse occupied, Superman flies to the island where the fire pit is growing. He takes a page uh, out of young Anakin Skywalker's playbook, and he tries spinning. That's a good trick. He drills vents into the island that allow uh, seawater to cool off the nuclear sinkhole fire pit. Winded from all of his spinning good tricks, Superman tries to take a breather, but Darkseid shows up just to tell him how impressed he is and then royally kicks Superman's ass just by looking at him. Literally, he has his hands behind his back. Uh, meanwhile, back in the hospital, Maggie and her special lady friend are watching the on TV the SCU tie-up parademons? What? They're arresting them? I mean, how? I, these guys were giving Superman a hard time. And then... Turpin knocks one out with a punch. But, uh, you know, Turpin is uh, actually Jack Kirby and all that. So uh, I guess that's cool. Uh, Turpin hired all of Jack Kirby's inkers as well to be in his SCU, uh, aside from Joe Sinnott anyway. But uh, he got his own airport after all. <laughs> uh, Darkseid uh, then drives up in a super sweet Kirby-styled war machine that just trundles over everything in its path. You know, just like the end of Animal House. And while using a, a, a thoroughly beaten and bloodied Superman as a hood ornament, Darkseid tells the, the world that they should just give up. If Superman can't beat him, then no one can. Uh, Dan Turpin's not having any of that, though, and he leads the mob of civilians into, uh, what, yelling at Darkseid? Throwing some rocks? 
but at least Turpin does uh, manage to free Superman with a, a kick-ass throw of a parademon spear. And Darkseid uh, decides, okay, you asked for it. I guess I just have to kill the entire planet. Uh, but then we get more Tesseract portals. And, uh, and you guys remember what happened to Loki slash Steppenwolf anyway? Uh, and the, uh, then this uh, giant space dildo covered in Kirby designs for her pleasure <laughs> flies out, filling the still reddened skies. It's the new gods of New Genesis. And they are here to act as a literal deus ex machina to drive Darkseid and his forces back to Apocalypse. And before Darkseid leaves, Turpin has to open his big, dumb, fat mouth. And then for shits and giggles, Darkseid disintegrates him. Uh, we get to see uh, Turpin's funeral. And a bunch of comic book pros and comic book characters show up to mourn him. Because he's really Jack Kirby. Thanks. I'm not sure that was clear, but uh, <laughs> we got it now. Uh, one of the cool uh, things is, um, uh, as originally broadcast, there were a bunch of, as, as you say, like little Easter eggs, little cameos by mm -hmm. people, not all of whom uh, belonged to and or were employed by DC. Some of them were mm -hmm. Marvel characters and employees, including Stan Lee. Um, and so they took those out of the uh dvd release but they restored them in the hd release that we got on the streaming service and on yeah, I was wondering so that was that. cool yeah i don't know if but they sorted out the uh the, the they, did, uh, they took out the uh, uh dedicated to jack kirby though didn't they mm -hmm. oh, that i that i'm not sure the, the dedication i think is is missing that was in the original airing of the show but for some mm. reason uh not in this that's weird at the end before so the it's weird end, changes all around bit. yeah what was that Oh, it was it at the end by the where the Never the End uh, title card is? Uh, Did I miss it? Not sure. Mm. But in any case, yeah, they they um, I you know even at the time when this aired, like it it is very cool for them to do a tribute to you know one of the like one of the the leading guys in in all of superhero comics. But mm. Kirby died in what ninety three something like that. I think. It was Late 80s, even maybe. Yeah, is that right? I'd, have, I'd have to look to be sure, but it's it's late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, this was this was what I'm saying is, and I'm not expecting that sort of like South Park timeliness where it happened. This 1994, anything, but yeah, there you go. Like it was it was four years before. It just it felt like it felt like a nice tribute, but it felt like why why now? You know what I mean? Like, well, when else would you do it? Is yeah. probably what they were thinking when mm -hmm. they made it's it. Fair. We're gonna wait and for they've... the 10th anniversary. That seems like we probably won't be on the air. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And we're uh, uh, making a, our, you know, big Kirby moves now anyway with New Genesis and mm -hmm. all the new gods and Apocalypse. So, yeah, that's a fair makes point. sense to me. Yeah. No, and it, I, it I, was a very good tribute. I just like I said, at the time, I remember thinking this feels like it should be timely. It feels like they're reacting to something that's just happened. But it's, you know, it happened years before. But but it was still very cool to see. Yeah. I, I kind of wish they'd had a, a few more, uh, at least just interactions with the SCU and mm -hmm. and Dan Turpin before this. This really should have been the Superman and uh, Turpin fighting. Like it should, they should have been together for the entire episode. They definitely like. scrambled to do a bit of that in this, where Maggie's like, uh, he's he's got to temper that one, and I'm like, mm -hmm. he does. That's new. They're, they're really trying to fill in his backstory. No, he had a temper home. before. He was yeah, super mad bit. at Superman when he was first introduced. Yeah, I guess so. I I don't know. Like, it just, it felt like they were really trying to hammer home some things about him that 
we, you know, he was just kind of a character we saw in passing before. And they're like, no, 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 he's important because he's about to die. Agreed. So. And I guess there was more members of the SEU than just Turpin and, and Sawyer since they had their own Weird that they uh, everything. flunkies to throw around in this one. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my uh, my note when those guys came on with their armor and their laser bazookas and shit was defund the SCU because Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, to be fair, they do fight supervillains. Yeah. So they definitely have more of a use for they, it than, you know. They have a, at least an excuse to have military grade equipment. Uh-huh. Right. All right. Uh, all right, Dan, we're going to give you one grenade launcher. Make it last. <laughs> oh, I will. He makes very good use of that. Uh huh. Yeah. Gee, thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I was reading, and and you guys may already know about this, but mm. that they wanted to kill somebody. Like they wanted to make it this a big deal. They wanted to yeah kill off a, a main character, and I think they had even floated Ma and Pa Kent, and DC mm-hmm. was like, no, you can't do that. So Ooh. they're like, uh, what about Turpin? <laughs> it's not bad, and I mean, like, that's or, or a, even Turpin think... and and both him and Maggie could have worked yeah. too, but but deciding to make it the uh, the, the whole tribute to to Kirby, I mm-hmm. think, yeah. is, I think that's the best way to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, you you alluded to this in in your summary because they did the best they could, but I think they got network pushback on this. That Maggie Sawyer is in fact in a committed relationship with a woman, a, a romantic relationship, mm-hmm. who is mm-hmm. there at her near deathbed the whole second episode, which was nice, but they couldn't actually say it because you know. And she even has a name, Toby Rains. Yeah. Yeah. Voiced voiced by uh, SNL's Lorraine Newman also. Lorraine Newman. (laughs) That's exactly what I For what, like maybe three lines? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Maybe? But but (laughs) if you squint, that's the first uh, on-screen representation of uh, of a gay couple. So that's something. I mean, and they could have easily just, well, Maggie, as your sister who loves you in a sisterly way and is touching your hand in a way that only sisters do. uh, They clearly put everything in there they could get away with. Like there was there was language in there that implied that they 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 lived together. They were, you know, intimate, like they they Mm -hmm. were close. Like it was good. Yeah. Fucking network, though. In 1990, whatever, I'll fucking take it. Yeah, that's what I say. I, I also read that they changed the uh, the, the network changed the line, the, the King of Fools line that uh, Darkseid hits Bruno Man, uh, Mannheim with. Mm. Mm-hmm. That uh, instead of you know, well, Bruno I, I saying, oh, you, you promised you'd make me a king. Mm-hmm. Darkseid's line, I... I have. You are the the king well, of fools. This is actually is, is and then this splits. Quote. Sorry, sorry, sorry. This is my quote. Yeah, well, yeah. We'll we'll just play that here. Huh? But kids, what about me? You promised you'd make me a king, and so you are, the king of fools. Okay. Uh, and then what was it supposed to be originally? Well, according to uh, the DCAU wiki, mm-hmm. and who knows how accurate that that, Our that may be, but. Uh, he originally called him the king of hell and then bailed for, you know, uh, while a nuclear explosion was going off. That makes a lot so that's more pretty sense badass. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. That makes a lot more sense. King of fools. Like, I, I'm not sure why you picked that as a quote. I kind of hated that line, honestly. No, oh, fair enough. Did you, so you really, well, because that... it's basically saying, uh, Mannheim, you're an idiot. Yeah. yeah get fucked. Like... It felt like such a Skeletor line. You're a king of fools. Like, yeah. It's, it's, uh, 
Oh, so Skeletor that... wishes he was dark side. <laughs> um, I'm just going to get into my bad thing here. Dark side doesn't do anything. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. I, I left. I, I missed the part. I didn't miss it, but in my argument leaves out the part that he does. He does uh, bring Superman to his knees. That is something, but that happens very late in the second him. episode. He's, for three full seasons of this show, he's just, I don't know if you've seen the, the cartoon Metalocalypse, but there's this sort of running joke thing at the beginning where this council that runs the world is looking at this crazy, rich, powerful, stupid band and saying, like, they're about to do this. It's a threat to whatever. And this evil guy would always say, we will let them do whatever. We will wait every single episode. And that's Dark Side. He's just like. We will let Superman, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to get my hands dirty. And it's like, Jesus Christ, you've been on for 30 episodes. Are you ever going to do anything? And they have this invasion, <laughs> and he lets mostly lets his foot soldiers do all the work. And it's just like killing Turk. Well, Dark... was... okay, yeah, just let me, let, me, let me finish, and I will yeah, yeah. happily let you rebut. Uh, killing Turpin was legit the first badass thing he's done in like three full seasons. And he did that on his way out the door. <laughs> I, I, I really love that. It's just like, yeah, get out of here. Mm-hmm. See you around, Darkseid. We won. And Darkseid's just like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Fuck oh, I you. I like it quite a bit, too. Random yeah. guy. Uh, <laughs> yep. But let's let's but, let's hear uh, uh, let's hear the counter argument here. Well, uh, Darkseid is is the commander. He's the one with the flunkies. He sends the his flunkies out to to do things. And when they fail, he punishes them. And he doesn't act until he, he's absolutely forced to. So he's more of the mastermind, the guy that everybody else is afraid of, because when he does act, it's it's bad news. Like when he just looks at Superman real hard and beats his ass. With, with his weird zigzaggy uh, laser beam eyes. That, that's the uh, Omega effect, also known and as it, Omega beams. And it rules. Uh-huh. And they zigzag around because you, you need to think of it more as like, uh, uh, like it's just psionic power. It goes where he wants it to. Okay. It's not a laser. It's just his mind power going where he needs it to wouldn't to go he, to do what he wants. Wouldn't he want it to take the shortest path between two points, which we all know is a straight line? Yeah, but that wouldn't look as cool. <laughs> all right. It's not going to twist behind his back and shoot some guy. I, love I think that he shit. likes to show off. Yeah. Why not? Okay. I mean, he's like, I can kill you by looking at you. I can disintegrate you. And after I disintegrate you, I can also use the same power to resurrect you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he's he, he. Why not just show off? I think up until this episode, the stakes of his whole deal just have not worked for me. So he was working with a gangster, as we've discussed, a, a low rent like wannabe gangster, basically, to sell weapons in Metropolis. to test. Yeah. The, the defenses of of earth so then to see how well superman and guys like superman would do against his flying super tanks but it turns well, out and I, he he still lost so yeah well, that's that true second. how good of a strategist can he be if he still lost but he I, lost I, I, because new genesis uh yeah, stopped all right, him all right, all right. yeah but like i love him Arming mobsters of all things, just because it's such a little petty, shitty thing to do to make people's lives worse. It's like, yeah, I'm going to give these guys uh, better guns so they can commit petty crime better because it's going to make people's lives worse. I feel like he he looked around on Earth and said, who's got a real stupid name like Apocalypse? Ooh, Intergang. (laughs) These will be my guys. (laughs) 
I think it's like who who would be the easiest to uh, to manipulate into doing what I want. Yeah, I don't want to hire like a smart mobster. And then uh, and then he's like, "Oops, Mannheim's too stupid to do exactly what I want." So I'll Seth leave him in this nuclear money. explosion. That was uh, that was hardcore. I will say that like ending an episode with a mushroom cloud on the horizon of, of Metropolis, and then as you pointed out, the whole second episode just being this ominous red sky. That was that was mm-hmm. very good. I like that. And like yeah, it, you, you said he didn't do anything. He he was like two minutes away from conquering the entire planet and enslaving the human race. That that second episode feels so much like like Superman and just everyone in Metropolis is so completely on the ropes. Like yeah. like they're so they're so fucked. And like it's part of why I was like really stoked. And then we get to my bad thing, which is um it just kind of stops. Yeah. Like it ends with Superman fucking crucified on a giant tank. Like, Earth's in trouble. Like, Earth's getting ready to fight back. But, mm-hmm. like, it doesn't look good. Um, and then just New Genesis arrives, and I guess everybody goes home. So the lesson is, it does, like, we would definitely lose. But it's mm-hmm. a good thing these other guys showed up, and they're they're sympathetic to our cause. Otherwise, we'd be fucked. It's just, like, exactly. Re- like, things look bad. I want to see what happens next. And what happens mm-hmm. next is... It, well, the, the show's over. The story of, of Superman versus Darkseid isn't fully resolved until the very last episode yeah. of Justice League Unlimited. Oh, yeah. No, this thread runs through, like, a lot of these other shows. Mm-hmm. I, I was reading that apparently, I, and I'd forgotten about this, some of this stuff even pops up in Batman Beyond. So, like... Oh, wow. Like, chronologically, it even happens after... Like, you're right, it ends in JLU, but, like, chronologically, some of this stuff still carries into the into the future of all this. Mm-hmm. So, these guys are going to be around for a while. I have to pay attention during Batman Beyond. I don't remember that exactly. Yeah, I don't. Cool. It's, it's. I think one of the one of the lesser guys, Calabac, or one of those guys, like is still hanging around. Like it's when Terry's going to join the Justice League of the Future, and they're they're fighting some some apocalypse guy. Oh, that's which... right. And Big Bart is in there too. Mm, yes, yes. Big Bart is in the in the Justice League actually. Now yeah. That, now that you mentioned that, yeah, mm-hmm. forgot about that. I love Big Barta. Yeah, yeah, she's great. But her and uh, Mr. Miracle, I know from. Um, JLI, so that yes. doesn't that doesn't really count. Like, I like the comedy versions of them. <laughs> Talk about cherry picking, jeez. Mm-hmm. But we I only really get... like uh, Jack Kirby stuff when it's stuff I like. All right. Well, he was he was <laughs> dead at that point, or very near dead, and not contributing in any way. He just uh, created the characters, and someone else took him over and made him funny. Well, that's what we've got now with. With Darkseid and and all of the the fourth world stuff, it's somebody yeah. else doing it. Yeah, fair enough. My favorite Darkseid is actually from uh, way back when, right after uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, when DC had the miniseries Legends, mm-hmm. and oh, wow. uh, it was yeah. John Byrne uh, uh, where Darkseid decided to weaken uh, Earth's forces by sending Glorious Godfrey to be uh, uh, a political pundit and say bad things about superheroes and uh and then the whole show is is basically what civil war was about uh where superheroes had to be registered and whatnot mm-hmm. until was... uh you know they decide well let's just fight off dark side's evil forces and yeah everything's cool again who was uh who's godfrey based off of it was uh, it's some al it's some dude that you know because we talk about him all the time is it g gordon liddy yes with a name, anyway. He doesn't yeah. look like him. Okay. Not, I don't know. Not I, any way, when you said Glorious Godfrey, I was like, wait, Gilbert Gottfried was in a... Uh... <laughs> I, 
I hate superheroes. Yeah, he's Mr. Mitzes Bitlick, remember? <laughs> uh, but, no, but, he's more of a uh, a Glenn Beck or uh, yeah. Tucker Carlson type. No, no that's actually you. sort of how I came to know G. Gordon Liddy was he did do conservative, like right, right wing well, radio talk. But he he was one of those weird guys who would listen to the other side. Like he would have liberal guests on and he wouldn't just shout over them like he yeah. back back before we knew he was a creep he would have al franken on a lot and they would have some really interesting mm. debates and it was like yeah. when you thought that side might actually have an argument it was not bad to hear what they had to say but then you know then that all got out of oh action. today he'd be considered a uh a, oh, yeah, a centrist, centrist or yep. even a, a mm-hmm. radical lefty yeah exactly uh, but getting back to this dark side stuff uh, <laughs> Jared, oh go ahead no, you're on. Uh, I, was, Go I was gonna say this is this is your good thing. Yeah, just like this this version of Dark Side. Yeah, I, well, I think the the animated series for Batman and Superman, the Justice League, this is like the ultimate version of of all of these characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where all of the the stuff that's good about them from the comics gets distilled into to its best form. Yeah. Uh, and Dark Side here, uh, you've got Michael Ironside as as the voice. The guy who actually looks like Darkseid mm-hmm. in real life. Yeah, he uh, is he, a very good voice. I don't actually know him from anything else. Is he is he famous from something or? Oh yeah, uh, IMDb. You you see him, you'll smack your head. Uh, okay, fair enough. You, you'll do a face palm because you'll recognize him. I don't know if there he, was he one was uh, the main like henchman him. in uh, Total Recall mm-hmm. with ah, okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger. He, uh, if you've seen Scanners, he's the guy who makes the other guy's head explode. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's in a, just a ton of things. He was in V, the uh, mm-hmm. the show about the alien visitors. Mm-hmm. He's everywhere. Okay. Uh, ah, but yeah, he's Cold's dad on the Flash. <laughs> well, those shows love their stunt casting. <laughs> uh huh. Well, I, this is where the stunt casting really came in for for superheroes, I think. Mm-hmm. And it carried over for some of those shows. Mm. Yeah, and he he comes back to do the voice of uh, Darkseid for Harley Quinn. Oh, oh God, right. that's right! I forgot about that. Yeah, that's very good. And i I have to think that it, it, in this episode, Apocalypse Now Part Two, mm-hmm. when uh, when they cut away after Steppenwolf sends all of the the parademons to attack Metropolis, that it's just like what happened, what we see in, in Harley Quinn, where they're <laughs> just murdering people left and right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, and here they just, uh, as as you point out in your summary, just keep biting Superman. Just... They, I, I love that right in the so same much. spot every time. I just, first of all, I love the design on those guys. They look awesome. Yeah. Yes. And then they just fly they're behind gorgeous. Superman, just like. Rah, 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 rah. Yep. Well, they they like unhinge their jaws and clamp down. Just hey, stop biting my neck. No. That was that. Yeah, they, they've got that uh, Mike Mignola style uh, gorilla man look mm-hmm. to them, but. Gorilla Man wearing sci-fi armor, which mm-hmm. makes it uh, just about the coolest thing possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the bit where uh, Mannheim and a bunch of parademons teleport into the not nuclear power plant, and like there's some workers there who just sort of turn around and go, "Wait, what?" It's <laughs> so funny to me. It's just you know you're working at your you're working at your boring ass nuclear power plant job, and then a mobster and a couple of weird ass Kirby guys are just like, "Hey." Mm-hmm. We'd like to blow the place up now, please. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty great. I just I, every time they did that, I just imagined Superman going, "Ow, mom! <laughs> no biting." They do bite him a bunch. Yeah. 
Uh, um, Kryptonians are very tasty. Mm -hmm. I guess so I I will say they did a good job, and I I attribute this more to Darkseid's guys. Like I said, he he himself it just kind of bugged me. He didn't do a ton of stuff, but like uh, the the weapon that uh, the the sonic weapon that makes him mm -hmm. bleed from the from the nose and the ears. Like Ooh. I'm surprised this children's cartoon. Like they don't. I know Batman couldn't show any blood, and mm -hmm. the fact that it's Superman bleeding makes it extra. You know like significant because yeah. nothing makes superman bleed you know yeah, yeah kids wb would uh let them get away with a good deal more than fox kids would have right i do remember uh, that. which is real nice uh because yeah uh, back then you know uh, superman might have been stunned mm -hmm. but you wouldn't see him uh with with a bloody nose or no every, or every worse single... blood coming out of his ears oh i want to remember that for the rest of my life Every single weapon apocalypse pulls out. I gotta give. I gotta give them all credit for that. Is like he's he's outclassed every single time. He does mm -hmm. he does not know how to like. He's been the smartest kid in a class full of dummies his whole life, <laughs> and suddenly he's got something to challenge him, and he's just like, "Wait, what? <laughs> oh, can I go back to fighting live wire, please?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, yeah, it's he's like used to being a grown man fighting kindergartners. Yeah. yeah. So when yeah, he's he he runs across thing. like. Like it would be, it would be the equivalent of uh, one of us uh, uh, going up against a heavyweight boxer. Right. Well, I mean, uh, the the parademons just pile, just piling onto him. It's like it actually felt like he had like a real threat against him, which yeah, does not are, happen in this show a whole those lot. Those are obviously the most disposable, least powerful things they mm -hmm. have. That's why they have a million of them. I understand how this kind of thing works, but. Well, but Everything... they're still super strong and yeah. And super that's what tough. I mean. They're giving him a run for his money, and then things escalate and get worse, and he can't handle any of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I was so disappointed when it, Turpin just punches one in the face. It's like mm -hmm. you, you spend a good chunk of time making these guys look like a real threat, and then this dude just punches them. And... Yeah, this what sixty-year-old cop. <laughs> yeah, that one uh, that was threatening Jimmy that Turpin punches. It, mm. it did have broken goggle. That is true. And it, it also had cracks in its armor. So it had been battle damaged before Turpin <laughs> got to punch it out. Uh, but still, you when you're watching, you're going, really? <laughs> Superman's He's like, got that, yeah, uh, yeah, you opened the pickle jar, but I loosened it. Uh-huh. You're welcome. Exactly. <laughs> He's got that, or, like, he or the, the super weapons that the SEU yep. uh, have in this. Uh, mm -hmm. Did they have super weapons before this episode? I don't think, I think so, so, but... Maybe they confiscated some of the stuff that Mannheim's guys had. Mm. I don't know. Or maybe Star Labs or uh, get Professor Hamilton to yeah yeah to whip stuff up for them. But I don't think we ever actually get to see that. I've no, invented this so. incredible new science weapon. It's called a grenade launcher. It really? launches <laughs> grenades. Well, that's what Turpin uses, and it works yeah. very well. In fact, Rules. we we just did an episode where Lex tried to sell them a RoboCop, and it yep. didn't work. Like. That was yeah. the first thing they had, I think. We don't want robots. We just want bigger guns, please. Mm -hmm. That would have been a cool coda to the prototype episode, mm -hmm. which would have been like Maggie Sawyer just making a a, a deal under the the table with Lex mm. to get weapons. I just I just picture them opening up crates of evidence like they took from Mannheim's guys. Like this, this shit comes from Apocalypse, but they're like, well, there you it's, go. It's got <laughs> triggers. You point and shoot. It's not hard. Let's let's use these. <laughs> Uh, it's got made the well, they need those uh, branded on the side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they need more of those uh, those gauntlets that let you make giant energy hands to beat people up with. Oh yeah, God. I think you're those only are so allowed fun. To use those. I think you're only allowed to use those if you dress like um like that guy. Mm -hmm. 
in your uh, dark side. Can you send? Outfit. Can you send us more huh. hologram hands? No, not, I think not, I'm just uh, gonna send you guns. You, you get to be the real life uh, guy from Kids in the Hall who's squishing your head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mentioned Jimmy a minute ago. This is actually my good thing. So I've, mm-hmm. I've been a little disappointed in the lack of Jimmy. Like we had, we had an episode where he was like kind of the focus a little bit early mm-hmm. on but he's been way in the back honestly a lot of the supporting cast has been way in the background for a while and it's a little disappointing to me but um they made up for some lost time with him i think like we didn't get a lot of character but with fucking armageddon going on all over the place dude is just running into the danger with his camera all oh over. yeah and i just i love the visual of that i love like this kid like i don't know is he an unpaid intern at this point maybe like <laughs> He's he gets the credit for the pictures, but I doubt he's getting a lot of money for them. He is just, he a, a freelancer like Peter Parker? Uh, yeah, right. I don't know if that's ever clear. That. Yeah, I don't know. But who who also has to go get coffee for Perry White? Yeah, yeah. Well, Perry, Perry pays I, him in spite. So, <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about this. Perry's had what like a dozen lines in this whole show. Like I'd love to see more of that guy. Yeah, like, there's I not a lot of Perry in the show. I understand the show is about Superman, but these this is his supporting cast. But mm-hmm. anyway. I, we got a lot of Jimmy just running around taking pictures, and it was great. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, if I'd had my druthers, we would have had uh, another decade of this show. Well, but yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and then we'd we'd get sick of Perry White probably. <laughs> I, <laughs> if you're looking for more Jimmy, you'll you'll like the upcoming. Uh, oh, there is episodes. Your your next week's episode, you're going to be happy. Good, glad to hear. Yay. I, I have seen this whole series, but it's been a really long time, so I don't mm-hmm. remember a lot of that. I do know, and we've seen a little of this already, they, they're clearly itching to do Justice League, because I know more more other guys show up, where it's like, you know, we like doing Superman, but what if it was Superman and Aquaman? What if it was mm-hmm. Superman and this guy? Like, okay, <laughs> calm down. You. And it's not even Superman necessarily show. Justice League, it's just more of, we really want to create the sense of a, a DC universe mm-hmm. yeah. where, where there's more than just Superman and Batman, right. that there's other guys doing things. And I, I love that. Yeah, no, me too. Well, doing this really sort of opened that up like that, that yep. shot at the end of just all of the Kirby characters. This is really cool. Well, there's also, like, God, look at all these guys, guys from Marvel there. <laughs> I mean, yes, it's also true. So, Hey, you, Hey, you guys filming a DC comic over here. Mm-hmm. No, we just no, slide would, in for my cameo. Wouldn't he say distinguished competition? Probably. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Can't say DC. It's like ashes in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take my no prize for that correction. Thank you. <laughs> call call me for just imagine though. I got some real shitty stories. I think you'll like. <laughs> uh, if I can find some time off from Stripperella, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll bang those out. <laughs> That's something we can say about uh, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Their combination really did bring the best out of each other. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, when they're on their own, uh, it, uh, it's I mean, Stan, really hit or miss. Yeah, I was going to say Stan paired up with a few. You know, he, he and Ditko did okay for oh, themselves. Yeah. He, you know. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. That, uh, that original really, Spidey. They really need that good collaborator. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But, I mean, that's true of, of a lot of creative people. I oh, think. yeah. Probably 95% of them, mm, yeah. when yeah. we're talking comics, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, I don't know. We still get Devil Dinosaur, and that makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed, I, I'm sure you read this or at least are aware of it, the uh, the run of that not terribly long ago where it was a, a, a little uh, a little girl of color 
uh, with Devil Dinosaur. Oh yeah, just yeah, that was really around good. The city that was that was a great book, very enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, it it really had nothing to do with the Jack I, Kirby series figured, aside yeah, from a red no. dinosaur. Yeah, uh, but I one of the things I love one. about Devil Dinosaur. Did, have you guys ever read that? Years and years ago, I think I read some of them. I have not. Okay, I was five years old when this comic book came out. Oh this wow! Explains okay. so much about you. Right and now. <laughs> I, I think you're absolutely 100% right. Mm-hmm. Not only do we just have cool dinosaurs fighting other dinosaurs or maybe giant ants, mm-hmm. but the next issue, they would fight Kirby robot aliens mm-hmm. from outer space. Yeah. And that would be amazing when you're five. Mm-hmm. And also now. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's mind blowing stuff. And even when you go and look at it now, read it and you're mm-hmm. like, eh. You just look at it and just uh, if you were to absorb it as if it were just a uh, like a, uh, you know, a, a short movie, just images, it's uh, it's beautiful and, and amazing. Well, and that's mm-hmm. how I feel about a lot of his stuff, honestly. Like, I, I, I love looking at it. But honestly, this kind of ties into your bad thing because you said you were I think you were saying some of the, uh, the visuals don't uh, translate as well. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really just a matter of budget. And mm-hmm. and TV animation versus, you know, what we get these days, even for television animation is is pretty amazing. But back then they had budgetary limitations. They didn't do anything for high def uh, mm-hmm. back in the 90s. So uh, when I watch it now, I only have a 43 inch TV, which is, you know, <laughs> mid range only. Yeah. Well, it no, was I... one of the smallest TVs I got from the store. No, no, no. Uh, I, I hear you, and you're right. I'm not. I'm not making fun of you in that context. But in think, think of your when 1998 we were up, self yes, watching uh, this show, mm. thinking uh, one day I'm going to watch this on a 43 inch TV, and I'm going to think eh, this is okay. <laughs> but when I watch it condensed on my my iPhone, it's mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. It's just gorgeous. Blown up onto the TV, though, it does not look as good. I mean, so that was disappointing. Go ahead. The the whole. Uh... Uh, the whole like the packed uh, adaptation in the middle though that oh, wasn't it good amazing well this is your good thing right yeah I mean like that whole bit just they drop it in the middle of uh, episode one and it fucking rules like now, for, it's for those of us who are not awesome. familiar with what that is including me oh okay so, what is the pact this is basically the story of uh, how dark uh, apocalypse and new genesis like switch uh kids as part of their peace pack and that's where mm-hmm. uh, orion comes from it's also where mr miracle comes from but he's in it in this episode mm-hmm. um well he's in that he's ju- in that super like you know one second cameo like <laughs> i almost called it a splash page you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah the splash page we'll get of to the see TV. more of them uh, <laughs> oh yeah we absolutely in yeah. future episodes of the dc animated universe yep but like that just this whole this little segment just rules like you set that shit to some synth music and then give me an hour and a half of it and I'm going to have a good time. Well, there's your there's your heavy metal some, thing again. You're really itching to watch uh, heavy metal again, I guess. Some Giorgio Moroder over that. And that, mm-hmm. that would be uh-huh. some nice stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know if either of you saw the most recent uh, season of uh, Fargo, which mm. I, I, I love that show. But um, uh, the one that Chris Rock was in. But yes, I, I only saw the first episode, but I know what you're talking about. They did this this idea to mm-hmm. um, uh, mobsters swapped sons uh, and raised them in in uh, opposing crime families. And the writer, who is a big nerd, uh, also mm-hmm. made Legion, also uh, was attached to a Star Trek movie for a while. I don't think he is. Anymore. Oh, uh, sure. Noah Hawley. Yeah. yeah, that's him. 
But yeah, mm. he absolutely said, "Yeah, I took that from uh, I took that from Jack Kirby comics. I love the idea. So, <laughs> that, that is awesome. Cool. Yeah, and just put it I, in a, in a, in a grounded sort mm. of mafia context instead of you know all the all the sci-fi stuff. The idea still works. So, well, it does that thing Fargo does where it just makes that world so big and weird. Yep, you know, like. Two crime families in a shitty town should not have that much like uh, uh, mystique around them. Yeah, like gravitas, like mythological exactly. weight. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, one side is apocalypse and the other is New Genesis, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Apparently, that that's where your your mythological connotations come from. Mm -hmm. Could those could that be alluding to anything? No, no. Those are <laughs> those are completely original creations. They have to be, right? <laughs> Uh, let's see, what else? Um, there was a point in the episode where everyone's pupils kind of disappeared, or, they, like, they just had sort of the, the Barney Rubble eyes, like, mm -hmm. like an O for an eye. It was like Sawyer and Turpin and somebody else. It was like, everyone just turned into Barney Rubble. It was weird. Well, Superman's had just dots for eyes almost this entire series. Well, yeah, but it's, it, it, it looks better on him, I guess. I don't know. It's a... It's a weird choice for everyone to look like that. It it looks good on him, but then yeah. uh, like Turpin's eyes are huge in this. Yeah, yeah. I know. And his yeah. eyebrows even huge. Oh my god! Well, those eyebrows go on forever. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you've seen photos of Jack Kirby. They're just you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> they're just drawing what they see. Um, it, it, the Turpin does. Uh, he is the spitting image of of Jack Kirby himself, mm -hmm. but also. He looks like that in the comic too, for the most part. Yeah, Was not he... the he doesn't have the the super black, gigantic eyebrows in the comics. He's also another uh, character that looks like human Ben Grimm. Mm. Yeah. Now I we probably already discussed this on the show, but you know I don't remember anything. Was he created for this show, or is he from the comics in the first place? Dan Turpin comes from the the New Gods comics. Yeah, the oh, new, cool. The, yeah. Oh, like all that when when Kirby started working for DC and sort of backdoored all this stuff through Jimmy Olsen comics. I think he actually appears in New Gods. Oh, yeah, like the comic that was yeah. titled New Gods. Oh, yeah, okay. that's the that's the Orion book. Yeah. I believe so. Where he's yeah. just hanging out in a in an apartment in New York. Yeah, with his gang. <laughs> like you I'm do. Hire a bunch of randos to help me fight Darkseid when he shows up. Yeah, see that—that's the stuff where you read it and you go, "What is going on here, Jack? <laughs> what, 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 what was the plan exactly?" You know that? Uh, I, okay, but then you then you get the actual like cosmic stuff, and you're mm -hmm. like, "All right, Jack, now you're firing on all yeah, cylinders." Now, mm -hmm. now we're talking. I enjoyed... put this guy in his flying harness some more, please. <laughs> yeah, that uh, what is it? The astro glider? Isn't that what it's, it's called? So that fucking... focuses the astro force. It is should it... not look that cool, and it looks so cool. Wait, is it called Astro Glide, like the lube? Really? Oh my god! It could be. Uh -huh. Oh my god, that's great. But wh wh who, which came first? <laughs> should the Kirby Estate sue? Sorry, no. Superman. I got to Astro Glide out of here. Or, or should they simply combine forces, and we we could see uh, uh, Orion in his Astro Glider on the on the box for. <laughs> For Astroglide. For Astroglide, yeah, that'd be great. It's just a picture of him giving the thumbs up. I approve. Mm -hmm. And he's not wearing any pants. No. <laughs> well, just like a Jack Kirby character, right? Mm -hmm. Or or, or Maggie or, Sawyer. Uh, underwear on the outside. Yeah. Yep. Right. right, right, right. No short pants, no pants. Right. 
no pets <laughs> at all. But he still got the Astro Glider because that's the tie-in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. KY Jelly's just scrambling to get Marvel on the phone. Come on, we can, we can, <laughs> we can get this together. Um, just have Doctor Strange talk about it in the next in the next movie. Mm-hmm. Just draws yep. a KY in the in the in the sky like a four. <laughs> I'll never that that image will never leave my my head. Kids love KY. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, went to a weird place. <laughs> What's um, your show? Well, I'm just a guest. Yeah, that's true. And I wouldn't want to contradict a guest. <laughs> um, that's about all I have. What about you guys? Let me see here. Well, I like how uh, Joss Whedon took uh, Apocalypse Now Part 2 to, to basically end the first Avengers movie. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, I, I didn't catch that until your summary when you were when you were drawing the comparisons there. But yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, you, uh, nice work, Joss. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. After seeing Avengers in the theater, I was just thinking, well, how the hell is DC going to do a New Gods movie now mm-hmm. and not have it look like a total ripoff of the Avengers? And the answer is they, they just, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Who cares? Whatever. <laughs> your, your villain is Steppenwolf, you know. Ugh. What a weird choice there. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, Keep the the same. I mean, the the character in in the the Justice League movie, Steppenwolf, is doing everything that Kalibak does in the comics. Yeah, he wants to gain the favor of of Darkseid. Why give him the name Steppenwolf when he could I, be Kalibak? You don't have to change anything else. Just put Darkseid in your fucking movie. It's Darkseid. He well, rules. Just I do mean, it. I don't know if anyone's pointed this out before, but Darkseid and Thanos, you know, maybe 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 like uh, a little I know. the same, maybe a little bit. Well, uh, if you ask Jim Starlin, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said he made Thanos to be Marvel's Darkseid. Well, of course. So yeah, but I mean, um, but but in terms of modern movie audiences never mind the the comic roots oh yeah yeah like they, they've already seen the other guy maybe maybe don't make that your first big villain in your in your first team movie uh, but those are a mess i think I, I don't think that's a controversial statement on this show that those are a mess. i i i actually don't hate those movies all right i i just um uh, i look at them as elseworlds mm. or what if comics yeah all like right. this is what could have been Mm-hmm. Not what should have been, <laughs> but they are what, what could have been. Well, this is indeed a, a disturbing universe. <laughs> um, that is about all that I have. What about you guys? Yeah, I think that's everything I got. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been a real pleasure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, we haven't done your, your quote for part two. Yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, quotes. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, you have two here. You only get to choose one. Oh. All right. Uh, what do I have? Let me look at our list here. I gotta scroll about. It's okay. You guys have too many notes. Yeah, I know. We know. (laughs) That's why I miss things on the screen because I'm taking notes the whole time. No doubt. Uh, All right, so we had uh, King of Fools, and then uh, yes, the exchange between Darkseid and and Kalibak is Ah, the one that that's the one that I would choose. Yeah. Well, your plan worked, Darkseid. Earth is ours. Your enthusiasm is premature, Galabak. Superman will still try to resist me. 
then send me. I'm ready. I'll crush him this time. Don't remind me of your ignominious defeat. You'll stay at my side where I can see you. Father, please! No! This prey requires a more experienced hunter. I will say, Michael Dorn, pretty good choice for Kalibak, but now, mm -hmm. now that he is on the show also as Steel, I, I like him a lot better in that role. Yeah, definitely. I, only because I, I, I can dig that. Here Who would you just, cast as Kalibak? I, if, you sure. know, you cared about Kalibak. Yeah, no, I get it. I don't know, because I'm not as good as Andrew Romano at doing this, but... Um... I mean, my first choice would have been Ron Perlman, but he's he comes back as Orion, which is better casting. And also, he's already yeah. appeared as Clayface, so yeah. they, they have his number. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Somebody, like, with that good, growly, snarly, deep yeah. register voice. Yeah, they but, they uh... need uh, what... Uh, he, I don't think he was a a well-known name or, or had even acted at this point, but uh, somebody like Kevin Grievous... Mm. I'm not sure who that is. Uh, who is that? He he's uh, one of the werewolves in uh, the Underworld movies who has this oh. super deep gravelly voice. Ah, I see. And then he, he he created the Blue Marvel for Marvel uh, Comics and hmm. that's cool. And and those sorts of things. So if, yeah, if you do a YouTube search for him and just mm -hmm. listen to his voice, you go, oh yeah, this guy ought to be doing cartoon voices all the time. Mm-hmm. Definitely somebody stunt casted, or not necessarily stunt yeah. casted, but somebody casted specifically for the role. Don't get Frank Welker or, you know, uh, Maurice LaMarche or, mm. uh, you know, Rob Paulson, like one of your regular guys. You definitely need somebody, somebody cool sounding like that. Um, Who played well, Frank, Man, I'm gonna Frank hire Welker him. was Darkseid uh, during the uh, the Superpower show back in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. But and I'm, he used his, his Dr. Claw voice for it, so but that Frank was A-plus material. Uh, Frank Welker was, you know every third character back then and uh, mm -hmm. like but you can't say the guy doesn't have range because oh he does nowadays yeah. we recognize him and we know him because that's who we are but okay. if you don't already know frank welker and all of his parts the, that he's played uh, you might be hard pressed to tell that it's the same guy yeah that's true but also these days, I don't know that we would always spot him because he's usually that flock of geese in a movie or like <laughs> like he's always the incidental animal noises. You know, it's it's well, that, it's that's D. Bradley Baker that. these days. Oh, I guess that's he's true. the he's the new animal guy. Yeah. Creature sounds guy. Frank Walker's mm. getting up there, though. So, well, no doubt. I mean, he's playing Freddy, though. Yeah. Well. And Freddy does not sound like Dr. Claw. No, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or, and, or Soundwave or, or Megatron. Or well, anything Soundwave else is, he plays. is mostly distortion, but yeah. Yeah, but it's awesome. Cool yeah. distortion. Yeah. It's the a, best distortion. That is a, that is an effect I have never heard duplicated in like any subsequent version of Transformers. They just can't quite get it right. And I think, I think that's the Welker factor there. <laughs> Didn't they hire him to do, uh, was need the voice of Galvatron in one of the movies? Uh, yeah, but no, I'm saying the sound wave effect specifically. That that yeah, uh, they don't they didn't do sound wave at all anyway, did they? I don't know. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Those movies I, don't count. I I can't be as free as you can with the uh, with the uh, uh, Justice League movie with the Transformers movies. Those things are just garbage. Oh, I I, I'm with you on that, except for the Bumblebee movie. Yeah, no, that was cute. That was I heard Bumble, that described the Bumblebee a, movie is in the spirit of of uh the original generation transformers and is uh a lot of fun i heard it described as a horse girl movie but the horse is a robot <laughs> that was 
that was a delightful way to describe it. That's very good. Yep. All right. Or or a Herbie movie, except Herbie can get up and walk around. Right. <laughs> yep. Also very good. Uh, he yeah. didn't go bananas, but you got to save that for the sequel, I guess. Yeah. Exactly. No, he did go bananas. He's yellow. Oh yeah, well, that's a good point. He did not, however, go to Monte Carlo. Was that a Herbie movie? Oh yeah. Uh, I defer to your uh, your superior Herbie knowledge. It ain't that superior, but I know one thing. I know I'm it was that he went to Monte Carlo. I actually saw those movies in the theater. I'm sure they were not first run. No, but I, I just kept rolling them out every few years. I remember that. Mm-hmm. But I I got to go see those in the theater right about the same time I, I was reading Devil uh, Dinosaur, Devil Dinosaur comics. Yeah. I learned to read on Devil Dinosaur comics. That's uh, yeah, like I and said, that, I, that's why I, I chose this particular quote. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, uh, because uh, Darkseid uh, uses uh, the kind of vocabulary that I learned to read on when I was ah. a kid. <laughs> I had I had a problem in school uh, early on where uh, I would hand in papers and they'd come back with all these red circles around all my exclamation points because I learned to read <laughs> from comics a lot as well and course all the dialogue has exclamation points i thought that was just normal and they're like, yeah, oh, yeah yeah use those sparingly oh okay. and, and you you're the only kid in class who actually knows what radiation is and where mm-hmm. it comes from uh not necessarily the, what it does yeah i was gonna say i don't know <laughs> they had a scientific a understanding monster, of it but yeah uh but you at least know what it is right uh and you also know words like omnipotence mm-hmm. that's true if not how to pronounce them correctly mm-hmm. omnipotence probably yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and omni science, right, mm-hmm. right. All but right. hey, everybody's got to learn everything for the first time sometime. That's true. All right. Well, that is all for this time. Next week. Oh yeah, like I said, we were at the end of season three. Uh, next week we start season four, which is mm-hmm. the two parter that introduces Supergirl. So yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, Wait, were you going to play the quotes? Uh oh yeah, I I put them in after. You see. Oh, I gotcha. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it will it will be seamless to the listeners as though as though we were listening to them while we were while we were here all right uh that's all for this time and we'll be back next week yeah see ya folks huzzah Twala. for more information about this show and the people who make it visit kidslovebatman.com To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com slash Algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Copyright 2021. Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.